Everybody's here. Everybody's here. Everybody dance now. <laughs> hey, by the way, I did do Hey Alexa beatbox, and that was pretty fun. Really? Yeah, Alexa can beatbox. Is it pretty much like Siri? I mean, they both sound a little bit alike, right? It is. I feel like um, I don't. I'm afraid to say this out loud because if I insult Siri's feelings, she might <laughs> stop talking to me altogether. Let's just say Alexa is a little bit more advanced than Siri. Alexa, does, oh. Alexa doesn't understand things as much as Siri doesn't understand things. <laughs> she has feelings. I, I, I couldn't get past that part. <laughs> oh, God. I See, you just cut out. That was Siri doing that. Fine. Oh, I don't have see? feelings. I'll show you. Hey, Siri, can you beatbox? I'm trying to do it on my phone. Hey, Siri, can you beatbox? Huh. You pissed her off. She's not talking to me. It says, I don't know what that means. If you like, I can search the web for it. I'm trying to do it on my phone. All right, Aww. Siri, be that way. She doesn't like me. Aw, she canceled you? Yep. <laughs> After last week's show. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lori. I have to cancel you. It's not fair. <laughs> well, welcome to Listen and Learn or Not. You have life coach Lori. Hello. Claire. Lady Claire. <laughs> Howdy, hi. Truth or Claire. <laughs> and me and a day. Oh, pardon me. That was... I'm a little deflated. <laughs> I bet. I thought today we were going to be able to just talk about fun things. Same. But no. No. We can't have yeah. nice things right now. Mm -mm. Why can't we have nice things? Yeah, it felt like a week where we could kind of just breathe. And now we got another thing to talk about. And once again, it's got people coming from multiple angles at it. Anna, I think maybe you should take the lead on this. So there's been an extremely troubling rise in violence and racism against Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders. One of the biggest news stories that is happening right now is about some Atlanta shootings that happened this week that left eight people dead, six were Asian women. Mm. There is widespread concern that the killings were the latest in that surge of hate crimes against Asian Americans. And so far, the suspect says he killed because of a sexual addiction and that those spas were a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. But authorities say they will not rule out that these slayings were racially motivated. He is charged with eight murders and his his punishment changes if it is found to be a hate crime. Am I right about that? Yeah, it moves up to a federal standard. Yeah, it, there, there could also be state standards for it, too. But that's the main difference is that it becomes a federal crime as opposed to a, a state crime. Yes. Asian Americans are fearful and anxious after a year in which the prior administration um, referred to the pandemic as the China virus and the Kung flu. So this is forcing leaders to face this ugly reality mm -hmm. uh, amid all these thousands of incidents being reported targeting Asian Americans. Today, there is a hearing going on, actually, on discrimination and violence against Asian Americans. They had sitting members of Congress and other experts testifying about their experiences, and it turned out to be very emotional. I don't know if you guys heard uh, Congressman Chip Roy about his take on it. But I have not. He seemed to take issue with the focus of the hearing. He said his concern about the hearing is that it seems to want to venture into the policing of rhetoric and a free speech and away from the rule of law and taking out the bad guys. So he's like talking about China and people saying that we think those guys are bad guys. Let me say clearly, I do. He thinks that China is the bad guy. Anyway, a congresswoman, Grace Mang, she responds to Chip Roy saying, we cannot turn a blind eye to people living in fear. And your party and your colleagues can talk about issues with any other country that you want, but you don't have to do it by putting a bullseye on the back of Asian people across our country, on our grandparents, on our kids. This hearing was to address the current pain of our community and to find solutions. And she goes, we will not let you take our voice away from us. 
So this all happened this morning and it really moved me and it really reflects what people in the Asian American community are uh, feeling right now. It made me so sad when I read that. And Anna, we talked about this before AJ left when the coronavirus first came out. There were things happening then. People were accusing Asian people at the grocery store. And then AJ left and Claire came on and then everything started, every crazy thing. But Claire sent us something also this morning. You want to talk about that, Claire? So a piece of the story, unfortunately, again, this is repeating itself too, not just these issues of racism, but police involvement. In Mm -hmm. this case, we had a, a spokesman, a detective for the county in which this murder suspect at the spas was charged. He was essentially recounting the suspect's confession, really, where he said to him that what the suspect says, what this was not about their race. If anything, it was about them being women that, like you said, he has a sex addiction and he felt that these places were were tempting him. And so he lashed out and some things had happened and he, and he just snapped. And basically what the detective stood up and said was he had a bad day and this is what happened. And OK, I could understand being in a position as a spokesman where all you're doing is repeating the words of the person and what they said to you. And that is a spokesman's job is to, is to do that. But two things happened. Number one, he said it in such a way that really completely downplayed it. I cannot, I'm thinking of George Floyd, who the trial is going on right now of a police Mm -hmm. officer who put his knee on a man's neck for nine minutes because the guy passed a bad $20 bill. Allegedly, we don't even know that it was a bad $20 bill, right? Mm. And and to hear this white officer say about a white suspect, well, he had a bad day when he gunned (sighs) down eight people as opposed Mm -hmm. to a man who may or may not have passed a, a bad $20 bill and was killed by a police officer. Like you, you can't, you would, Oh, well, he had a bad day. You never would have said that if he were, if the shooter were Muslim or black, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, the fullest extent of the law would have been thrown at him. No quarter whatsoever, but it's okay. He had a bad day. And Mm. even if the spokesman didn't mean it that way, that is how it came off. Then we learned that this spokesman had gotten in some trouble a few months back because he was on his personal Facebook page posting things about the China virus and some racist remarks. So that adds another layer to it. And it's just, I fully believe that most police officers are good, good, good people. True. But it's these bad apples that right. just crush it for mm. the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And why does why does that keep coming up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we heard the spokesman say that last night, I mean, not just the point that he downplayed it, but think about... Think about if a gunman got a hold of his family and a spokesperson said about their gunman, well, he was just having a bad day, you know? Right. He would be livid. Oh, it's just impossible to even think about. It it, it brought to mind, uh, this was the first thing that immediately came to my mind, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. The um, the shooting of the the, the Charleston Nine uh, back in in, um, Charleston, South Carolina, several years ago, where a young white man named Dylan Roof invited himself into the Bible study of a of an African-American church, a really, like, venerated church in Charleston, sat for hours with this group of Bible study people, and then opened fire and shot them all, mm. and then ran away, and there was a bit of a manhunt for him, and then they found him. They found him in this tiny little town. When they brought him into custody, he was carrying a bag from Burger King. People were like, this is the difference in America. If he'd have been a black man who opened fire in a white church, he'd be dead. But a Mm -hmm. white man who opened fire in a black church gets lunch, right? Now, Mm -hmm. that's not exactly what happened. It was, I looked into it and it was a situation where it was a small town and he was in prison and it's against the law to deprive someone of food. So they did have to send a cop out to get him a burger so he could eat and blah, 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 blah. And he happened to be holding the bag when they brought him in. But the optics are horrible. They're horrible. Think about it. Think about what you're doing. Come on. It's just, it's terrible optics it's like for some reason people of color the perception is they are less than yeah and you also you feel like less than as a human being but also now i've it almost feels like white people are innocent until proven guilty but everybody else is guilty until proven innocent Mm. and i maybe that's simplifying it but that is sure the hell how it feels well he was having a bad day you Mm -hmm. know 
And, you know, you look at our Constitution that says we're equal and you look at the Bible that says we're equal. Mm-hmm. It's just appalling. And I'm a, I'm a white woman and I'm sitting here thinking how ashamed I am. <laughs> you know, and well, I know you shouldn't it's not feel everyone. ashamed. It's it's not you. There it's just it's something that people were okay with and some people weren't okay with it. And that's where I appreciate all the allies that are out yeah. there. And I am so sorry to cut you off, Lori. No one needs to feel shame for their skin color. But anyone who determines a darker skin color is how they will treat a person badly needs to know, as you point out, it is unconstitutional, and they're going against everything God teaches in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Here's something else I, I don't understand, or maybe I do understand it, it just makes me mad, is this notion of, okay, we're mad at a country. Let's say we were mad at China, not for the virus, but for anything else. Just pick a thing. I don't right. know. Trade deficit. What does that have to do with the average person I meet on the street. Nothing. Mm. In America. That has to do with a, 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 in America. But that has to do with the leader of that country or the, or the trade minister or the secretary of whatever. It has nothing to do with the people I see every day. And it's just frankly immature, <laughs> you know, yeah. to be like, well, we got a virus that originated in this country. So I'm gonna go beat up a, a guy who looks like he's from that country. In what planet does that make sense? Mm. It's bully. Yeah, it's bully. And yeah, I, I, you mm-hmm. know we we talk about kids in school, but I am a firm believer we have way more adult bullies. And where do you think the kids are learning it from? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this suspect was only twenty-one years old. The guy yesterday. The Atlanta yeah, shooter. the uh-huh. the suspect. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, he's so young. And, you know, here I, I've been like, oh, wow, the young people are figuring it out. But they can't if they are being taught to think of the others as less mm-hmm. than. We could start big. We could start small. I know people are angry about the Dr. Seuss organization removing those six books by you got to understand when images portray Asians as these weird looking people and even things like the choices the media makes. I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but why has it been always okay for the media to show dead bodies of people of color, but never of a white person? Videos or photographs of anyone's lifeless bodies should be considered sacred. Don't publish it. Nobody ever says anything about some of those uh, shows that you see like naked people of color. Oh, that's mm-hmm. okay. They're just them. There's so many things that, that you know, that need work. Yeah. Don't call it the Kung flu. Don't call it the Wuhan virus. It's very racist. Someone in this hearing this morning, he's like, please stop using these terms. He goes, I am not a virus. Mm-hmm. I'm a human being. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had a, a person who was the sitting president of the United States who normalized bullying language. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to think that people who may have thought, well, we, that's a terrible thing to say, are now like, oh, well, I guess it's okay. If he's right. saying it, I guess it must be okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Bullying language is not okay, no matter who no. says it. And it's not funny. And if anybody says something around you, don't laugh. Call them out. As women, yeah. we have experienced that where we've had to... Because we love our job and we're ambitious and we want to keep it. We've had to shut our mouths in the past. And I know we're working on that. But stand up, women, everybody stand up for all of this, for race, for women, for everything. It's time. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have to stand up for each other. Yeah, I I totally agree. Mm -hmm. There was someone who said, and she's talking to the Asian community, hey, Let's be more vocal about attacks and unfairness against other ethnic groups. So we have to join with Jewish Americans, the black community, Middle Eastern, Arab Americans. And we really need to be clear that we want a country where we're not going to stand for hateful behavior. Right. Right. Yeah. And that what you just said reminded me of something what what Lori referred to earlier, that Trevor Noah, the host of The Daily Show, Uh, He's a a political comedian. What he said in a statement this morning was that 
we shouldn't be surprised that this we should have seen this coming mm. that you know yeah. that it's been brewing for a while similar to after 9-11 when we could see that there was going to be a rise in in hate crimes against muslim americans that it was sadly just a matter of time before there would be a a, a hate crime against asian americans and again they haven't legally proven that that's what this is or charged this man with this but it's so hard to not see it that way mm-hmm. um and, mm-hmm. and Trevor Noah makes a very, if you have, get a chance to watch it, a very, very powerful statement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and th- this stuff isn't new. I mean, you've probably heard a lot of people this week, a lot of uh, Asian Americans, they, they're they're calling uh, our community now AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander. Everyone that you'll probably hear this week, next week, as long as everyone's talking about it, th- they'll have stories. They have stories about being belittled and, and being called names. I have stories. My family members have stories. Um, and it was just something that was just a part of me that, you know, it's not something I'm going to talk about. But the time that I really, really um, experienced hatred and racism was in college. Right. You know, when you're just with kids who are just free and feeling free and just people will feel emboldened. What's it called when you, you know, a group of people does stuff and then you just feel like doing the same thing, even though, you know, it's wrong <laughs> and say yeah. it and chant herd, it and herd mentality, yeah, exactly. yeah. peer pressure, football games. We, sure. we barely won. And when we did one day, mm-hmm. we all charged the field and went to the goalpost to knock it down. I was part of it. I was even on top of the pole, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. I'm not going to equate it to that, but I understand the herd mentality, but I, I wish that the herd mentality was, was less, let's be racist together and right. uh, more, Hey, let's, let's stop this guy from saying these awful things to this poor person. Uh, but I, I will say I am seeing a lot of that more last year after the George Floyd things that it wasn't just American cities that were protesting and just outraged about the killings. It wasn't just America. It was Paris. It was the UK. It was all over the world. Italy. That really made me feel like people, more and more people get it and they're not going to stand for it. And that is, that's what's giving me hope. Mm-hmm. Right. It's this stuff right here. It's like, I know we have a lot to work to do, but I see the allies. I, I, I feel like that's, there's going to there's be pushback though. I mean, What's the expression? Mm -hmm. Two steps forward, one steps back. So Mm -hmm. there has been, I do believe you are absolutely right, a a ground, a a worldwide growth in understanding of the problems of racism and and dealing with the other. And I do think that a lot more people are coming to round or realizing it. But with that, there's always going to be a pushback from the people who don't believe that way from white supremacy or other groups that think that they're the only thing that matters. And they are eventually going to have an element that's going to push back and push back violently. Mm -hmm. And the only hope is that as the years go by, there become more people who evolve and fewer people who push back violently. Mm -hmm. But we're going to continue to be in the throes of that for a while, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's so easy to get a gun. We haven't even had this conversation. That's the other thing. All this stuff, you know, three, three, four, five years ago when we were having this conversation, the first thing I would have asked or said is, how did he get the gun? I didn't even think about it anymore. It, d- yeah. it just would have crossed my mind to ask how they got the gun because anyone can get a gun anytime, anywhere, and there's, like, just no reason not to. It, it's just, that's another thing, and I don't necessarily want to debate gun control here, but that's, that to me is just a stunning turn of events that it doesn't even come up anymore. Mm. Wow. Didn't even think of that. Yeah. Me neither. And it's so scary. Yeah. It's 20, 21 years old and has access to, to, to that much yeah. firepower and was able to drive. And he was apparently, I don't know this for certain, but what I've read was he was on his way to Florida to do more yeah. um, when the that cops caught him. Right. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. clearly had enough enough stuff on him. What I have not seen is anything about social media history. I haven't seen any any of his background in terms of what he did before this to know if this is a longstanding issue of Asian hate, of, of hate of women, you know, misogyny, 
mm-hmm. what it was that led to this moment. Was he arrested mm-hmm. for something? I don't, I haven't seen any of that stuff yet. Yeah. And mental illness. And mental illness. Right. Yeah. I mean, we right. don't know, but um, it's a possibility. The, the thought that people with these kind of problems can so easily get guns is very scary. Right. Right. Yeah. Did, did he already have them? Was yeah. he a ticking time bomb in that regard? Did he get mad yesterday and go get one? Um, Were they in his right. house? His family had him? Right. All all of that and more. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and does it matter what's going to be, what would be done about it, even if it were? Unfortunately, that's my feeling. I do not feel futile about the future of race relations. I do fully believe in my lifetime that we will get to a place where we are much better about this. But unfortunately, I feel very futile about gun violence. I do feel like it's going to continue to be just as easy, if not easier, to get these terrible weapons because there doesn't seem to be any, nobody seems to care. Nobody, nobody in the higher reaches of, of government, maybe it's how they're funded or priorities. I have no idea what it is, but really, I feel like if Obama didn't get it done, it's never going to get done. Yeah, um, well, and maybe I'm, I hate to throw up my hands at it, but that's just the, yeah. the feeling. I have. And in this state, I don't know about other states, but if you are scary and dangerous until you hurt someone the police can't do anything and Anna remember gosh 10 or 12 years ago that guy in Seattle that had a gun on the bus and then he hijacked a car and killed that woman he went in a his a restaurant and killed somebody there he his parents gosh. had been trying and trying to get him arrested <sighs> and they're like yeah well he hasn't hurt anyone well now he's killed two people Wow. Do you remember that, Anna? I barely remember that. Yeah. And I think we that were is... tracking him. It was middle of the day. So they said he was on the bus in the U District, went to U District uh, little cafe. And then they they were tracking him. And I think this happened like on Capitol Hill or something. He tried to hijack a car and the woman fought him. And the fact that his parents, it's like tried. we have been calling and calling and 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 you can't even blame mm-hmm. the police because I know when I ran Esther's place, we would call the police on women that we thought were dangerous or a danger to themselves. But unless they had really hurt somebody or they say mm-hmm. to the police, gee, I'm very dangerous. I think I'll kill myself. Their hands are tied because of the right. laws here. That could be a start getting help for people. There's all kinds of things about that because people were falsely you know, committing people. I mean, there's just so many things. That is a situation where somebody can be very dangerous, but until they hurt someone, they're not going to get arrested. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh. Well, in today's hearings, they're hoping that some of the solutions they have come up with today would be like about visibility, about education, about making sure that hate incidents and hate crimes are better documented. And and I think just the fact that people were saying they were scared, they were afraid this was going to happen. And it makes me so sad because none of us should have to live in fear. No. And that's what's happening. I hope that there is more and more awareness of this. I mean, even for men realizing that women are fearful. A friend of mine used mm-hmm. to do these talks and he got up in front of this whole room full of people and he said to the men, raise your hand if you ever feel afraid or threatened when you go to the grocery store at night or when you go somewhere at night and then you have to walk to your car. Nobody. Then he says, mm-hmm. women, same question. Everyone raised their hand. And he said mm-hmm. to the men, men, look around you. This isn't right. Yeah. yeah. And the men were shocked. Mm-hmm. If it's not happening to you, you just don't want to believe it. it's happening. Criminals are criminals. I right. Mean, that we, let's, there's a criminal mind and there's a non-criminal mind. Yeah. And I do believe that most men are not criminals. Mm-hmm. But it also probably doesn't occur to them that because there are enough instances of people that are criminals that women live in fear that way. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, I, I'm the same way. You know, I think twice about doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm that I know my male counterparts wouldn't even wouldn't even cross their mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. I have started ending my overnight show. I used to say, make it a great day because we can mm-hmm. choose that. Now I say, be curious, ask questions, and always trust your instinct. Mm. Oh, I like that. Always yes. trust your instincts. You know, and if yeah. you're feeling not safe, go a different direction or, you know, but... Pay attention to what your body is trying to tell you. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I just, uh, sorry, earlier in the week, you, you sent us, remember last week, of course, we talked a lot about Meghan and Harry and the royal family. <laughs> you had forwarded us a podcast uh, comparing yes. a Princess Diana's yes. interview with, with, with Meghan's. And that's the first, you know, the first thing in, in this just top of mind when you said that, the interviewer asked her was, how did you know that your husband was, no, he said, what evidence did you yeah. have that your husband was having an affair? And she said, well, I had women's intuition, and it's one of the most powerful things anyone can have. Yeah. And beyond that, then she found the evidence. And she was right. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and like you said, you can call it women's intuition if you're a man. You can call it gut instinct. You call it whatever you want. <laughs> but if you, if you have an instinct about something, there, there's usually a reason you have it. Yeah. yeah. She, she was so brave to speak out so long ago. I know. Yeah, 25, 26 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. She was by herself. She didn't have a Harry right. sitting by her side. I, that, right. just, that made me so sad to think here she is standing up saying these things and she's all by herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a country where nobody really wanted to talk about their problems and right. they nobody gets bummed out, you know, right. and right. the family included. Mm-hmm. But Stiff upper lip. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's Right. Right. She, like you said, Lori, had to be brave enough to say, I'm feeling isolated, same as Megan. You remember the part where they were saying, you know, it divided people mm-hmm. when she did this interview. And so there was like, you know, some people that sympathized with Charles and they were the established people, they were older people. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's horrible to do to these things to your in-law saying these horrible, horrible things and they don't want change. But then there's also the other side that was like, Oh, I'm so happy that you talked about mental issues and having eating problems and well done. We sympathize with you. They thought she was wonderful for that mm-hmm. and that she was brave. Yeah. Yeah. But then it was when she died a few years later, then it was like the voices of the people that were all about Charles, they disappeared and because everybody Everybody right. was so upset about Princess Diana's death. Right. But they set her up because they pulled her her um, security. Right. Yes. Had, she had no security. She had nothing. What when she when she oh, was no longer right. a senior royal, she mm-hmm. had she had nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm sure she had money from her family. She's a a, a person of of what do you call it? High, higher society, mm. but not to be able to afford the, the kind of security that she had before. And it directly led to her death. Right. You know? yeah. Even when she died, he was 12 years old. Oh. God, that was like shaped his life in a just ways you can't imagine. And so mm-hmm. you can see where he, you know, he talked about history repeating itself and, yep. yeah. and that he, he was right there to, to, uh, to stand up with his wife. It's really something, but it's a different time now. They yeah. can, Maybe the palace took away their security, but they can, you know, that Tyler Perry helped them out at first, yep. but they could afford it. They, yeah. they struck a good deal with, with Netflix, and I'm sure they can afford a couple of rent-a-cops right. um, <laughs> around, around the old homestead. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Diana, I'm not sure quite what all resources she had, you know, at her disposal. But mm-hmm. but w- one of the things in this in this podcast, you said, is that's different is is the um, the reaction of the family, whereas after Diana, they said nothing said um, nothing mm-hmm. at least this yeah. time 25 years later they learned you have to say something right yeah and so they said something and it might have been uh i forget how the how the podcaster put it it was very funny the way she said it you know that to to most normal humans it was a very cold and un you know meaningless statement but for mm-hmm. the royal family it was like a seismic yeah. massive shift <laughs> and you have to you have to see it in context that was actually really great you yeah know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That they've that yeah. they've come around. Right. And yeah. then the, the palace's second statement was that this was a smear campaign. Oh, There's, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, yeah. They're they're not well managed. No, <laughs> they're not. Really know, like, I'm curious who the palace is. Like, I know right. it's the queen. Like, I get yeah. it. The queen is the queen. And as far as I know, she's 100 percent compass mentis. But, you know, is she really putting up those statements or is there like yeah. a team of it's like PR didn't she Charles didn't, and, yeah didn't you know? Megan call it the firm or something like the that firm. yeah they call it the firm the they firm. call it the firm mm-hmm. in the in the show the crown they call it the firm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um, well she she talked about like uh well Ray, I'm talking about Megan mm-hmm. Megan talked about when she presented the fact that she was having issues mentally 
she went to the royal family pr i mean i'm sorry hr mm-hmm. hr yeah hr and so you know who are those people yeah right yeah <laughs> like are they right that wasn't me this time it wasn't me this time <laughs> no it was me <laughs> picturing can you this. imagine having a family hr <laughs> right right um, but um, no, I'm just imagining, like, <laughs> do, when you join the royal family, do you have to, like, sit down for a 90-minute, you know, sexual harassment training? And, a, you know, like, <laughs> is it like, is HR in the, in the human, you know, in the royal family the same as HR, like, you know, on the T-Mobile or something? Like, here's your W-4, right. here's your I-9, and here's your, you know. Sign this. Sign, sign here, that. sign here. Right. Here's your company handbook. Please right. acknowledge that you read the company handbook. Vacation days are based on seniority. You know. <laughs> there, there is one thing that I just thought was really important, and I don't know why I thought it was important. Maybe you guys can tell me. But they do mention in the podcast that Princess Diana's brother got up during her funeral and made a distinction between the way the royal family goes about things and the way Diana did things, uh. and then told her children, Prince Harry included, the brother says, we want to raise you in the way your mother would have raised you, which is different. And to all the people, I guess, maybe this is why I think it was important to point that out is because even extended family saw the importance of what Harry and Meghan did, like very different. They broke away from the royal family. Maybe uh, that's what Harry meant about repeating history. He did not want that to happen to mm-hmm. his wife and to let his children be orphaned yes. um, in that yeah. same way. Yeah. Um, but also to be raised in the love that Princess Diana gave to Harry. She was the one who raised the children. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, why shouldn't they want to be more like normal people in life and less like a, a person living in an ivory tower far, far away? Right. Yeah. Did they not learn from Tangled? Uh, Disney <laughs> totally. movie about Rapunzel. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that that was good because it was probably his only opportunity to say something like that where the kids would actually hear it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then I don't know oh. if you guys saw this. Oh, my gosh. The Great Realization. It's a little story time poem. No. It's probably about a minute long. It's about covid It's pretty amazing. It's like, tell me the one one about the virus again, and then I'll go to bed. Oh, but my boy, you're growing weary, sleepy thoughts about your head. That's one of my favorites. Please, I promise just once more. Take me back to 2020. That's all I'm asking for. Okay, snuggle down, my boy, though I know you know full well this story starts before then in a world I once would dwell. It was a world of waste and wonder, of poverty and plenty, back before we understood why hindsight's twenty-twenty. You see, the people came up with companies to trade across all lands, but they swelled and got much bigger than we ever could have planned. We'd always had our wants, but now it got so quick You could have anything you dreamed of in a day, with a click. We noticed families had stopped talking. That's not to say they never spoke, but the meaning must have melted and the work-life balance broke. And the children's eyes grew squarer and every toddler had a phone. They filtered out the imperfections, but amidst the noise, they felt alone. Every day the skies grew thicker till you couldn't see the stars. So we flew in planes to find them while down below we filled our cars. We'd drive around all day in circles. We'd forgotten how to run. We swapped the grass for tarmac, shrunk the parks till there were none. We filled the sea with plastic because our waste was never capped until each day when you went fishing, you'd pull them out already wrapped. And while we drank and smoked and gambled, our leaders taught us why. It's best to not upset the lobbies. More convenient to die. But then in 2020, a new virus came our way. The governments reacted and told us all to hide away. 
But while we all were hidden, amidst the fear, and all the while, we dusted off our instincts. We remembered how to smile. We started clapping to say thank you and calling up our mums. And while the car keys gathered dust, we would look forward to our runs. And with the skies less full of voyagers, the earth began to breathe and the beaches bore new wildlife that scuttled off into the seas. Some people started dancing, some were singing, some were baking. We'd grown so used to bad news, but there was good news in the making. Old habits became extinct and they made way for the new, and every simple act of kindness was now given its due. And so when we found the cure and were allowed to go outside, we all preferred the world we found to the one we'd left behind. But why did it take a virus to bring the people back together? Well, sometimes you get sick, my boy, before you start feeling better. So lie down and dream of tomorrow and all the things that we can do. And who knows, if you dream hard enough, maybe some of them will come true. We now call it the Great Realisation. And yes, since then, there have been many. But that's the story of how it started and why hindsight's 2020. And then it just goes on about the big cloud that shrunk because nobody was driving. But it's all in like a nighttime story. So like they, cool. oh, that's cool. It's pretty sweet. So basically about to look at the, at the blessings that have come out of, of what's happened. Yes. Mm. And, Hello, oops. my name is Thomas Roberts. He has an accent, so that makes it even better. But I'll send it to both of you, <laughs> and you can watch the it. The accent does it. Yes, always. <laughs> so, but, so this week, um, this week, Ford Motor Company is the sort of the first major international company to decide that even when the pandemic's over, they're going to let thirty thousand people work from home if they want to. Really? Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Because they've been looking at it all year, and did a survey of their employees and they said in June, by June, 95% of people said given a choice, they would rather work from home. They want to be able to come in and see their coworkers and take meetings face-to-face -face and do projects face-to-face, -face, but on an ordinary given day, they'd rather do it from home. They're more productive. 95%? 95% of 30,000 people around the world. And that's not like the, you know, this is would probably more what you'd call white collar workers, right? Obviously, you cannot physically build the cars without coming in. Right. But that to me, that is earth shattering, you know. Whoa. And I think that's great. So, you, well, you know what that means? That means you're spending more time with your children and more time with your pets and less time in your car being angry and, and, and yeah. stressed out in traffic. Right? True. Right. You know? I mean, I think it can bring Zoom school, assuming the kids go back to school and they're not, yes. you're not having to teach them school at the same time that you're mm -hmm. doing whatever it is your job is. On, a, on an ordinary given day, the kids go off to school and you're home. I think it's really wonderful. The traffic reporter in me is a little worried. Perfect. Don't worry. We'll always have traffic. <laughs> I'm quite certain traffic's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wish. Traffic is what I call a growth industry. Yes. <laughs> I, I call it I call it job security. It is. Yes. <laughs> Until it COVID is hit. Security. That was the first time ever I was like, oh boy, I thought this job would always you know, be safe. And then there's <laughs> nothing on the roads. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still yeah. here. So yeah. So can I give an update on the merging of the cats and dogs? Please. Yes. It's been quite the time here. So as some of you know, I moved and my wife and I moved in with a family member down here in Oregon and we brought our two dogs and two cats and they already had a dog and a cat and it was uh, quite the time trying to get everybody to, to get along. It's been about a, almost a month now, about three weeks. Really? Wow. And I can happily say the dogs are getting along great. The dogs are like a big pack of dogs that run around and my, oh. my oldest one, Sadie, isn't like really up for the puppy, the puppy who's like three times her size. <laughs> um, but but there's no snarling or barking anymore. She just goes and sits in a chair and looks at him like, oh, my God, I cannot believe you smell butts. <laughs> <laughs> That's so last year. You know? But my other one, Luna, she and Farley are great friends and they run around and they bark and they chase squirrels. And I think they almost got a skunk together the other day, which is not Ooh, which is which is good right. from a camaraderie point of view, but would be devastating for the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
The cats are a different story. Oh, boy. And I would appreciate anybody's advice if you want to send us a Facebook message on the Listen and Learn or Not Facebook page about how to get cats to get along because, wow, is it not happening. It is just nothing but growling and snarling. Fortunately, there's been no blood. There's no biting or clawing. They just go, but the thing is, they're doing this at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're doing it on my bed. So, like, oh. they're having these, these <laughs> little bats while I'm trying to sleep, and it's very annoying. You know there's cat psychics, right? They can, they can tell you what the cats are thinking. When I worked for KKNW, I hosted the show, and somebody called in and said, we have two kittens, and one is not peeing in the box. Can you tell me which one? And she said, oh, well, I know which one, but I can't tell you because you'll be harder on that one. And they are upset with you because you're not home. <laughs> I'm like, huh. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, but you're home, so it can't be that. No, it can't be that. We're home. And, well, it's it's territory, right? Yeah. But how do you get them to just chill out? <laughs> you know? They need you a project. <laughs> they need a project. We tried getting them all stoned together on catnip. Um, <laughs> Check that which, one off. <laughs> which led to the three of them rolling around in the catnip and then five minutes later waking up from the catnip haze and yelling at each other. Uh, I give them all treats together at the same time. They will happily come together and eat their treats and then run away. And 10 minutes later, they see each other and they yell. Um it's just, it's baffling to me. I, I would have thought after a week, it would have just like, they would be over it already, but they're not. Are they both older? Is that right? They're both older? They're all older. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're all, they're all between 10 and, and 13. Mm -hmm. I like Lori's idea. I'm going to try to get Dion and friends, Psychic Network. And, or if you're listening, Dion. Yes. <laughs> Go to our Facebook page, listen and learn or not, and give Claire some advice. Just, we need you. Yes. Right. Oh my God, I would love to talk to Dion. That would be so much fun. <laughs> the moment I with. wake up. Before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. And they'll do it like the way they did in my best friend's wedding. You know, exactly. Lost her hands. <laughs> All while wondering what dress to wear now <laughs> I say a little prep for you Forever and ever You say my heart and I will love you forever and ever You never will follow how I love you Forever and Okay, guys, got to hold on just a second while I do traffic. <laughs> Hey, hate to over, interrupt man. a good thing, but <laughs> South 5 slows around the Fife curve, 512 westbound approaching State Route 7. Traffic every 20 minutes for your commute. I'm Lori on AM 880 KIXI. <laughs> See, Lori, you know, did you hear, did you just hear yourself? There's like a pandemic going on. Washington State is still essentially shut down. Nobody's going anywhere. And you just like rattled off all this traffic that's never yeah. going to go away. Your your job security is just fine. Well, it is back. <laughs> it's back. But for a while, there ain't. In fact, I was just like, oh, well, uh, now the Burger King is closed. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't they replace traffic with like talking about what schools were closed? Yeah. It sounded like a, a snow day in the morning. In yeah, the right. Yeah, I just yeah. did information that wasn't on the news things that mm -hmm. you know uh yep. locally things and and honestly that's the radio we love the local yeah. radio that tells us what's yes. going on in our neighborhood and it, i'll tell yep. you it was a pleasure and you know i'm probably going to be out of radio in the next five or six years and i am so grateful for that opportunity to be able to just connect with the community and be like hey here's what you got to know it, it was really i did really love it i was grateful that i didn't get fired because there was no traffic but that you know i was able to do something different and it was a, it was really a treat well nobody does it like you too i mean you're really you're really the best at, at doing what you do at, at drilling <laughs> yeah. down into the community and seeing what what people need to know and maximizing your time i mean you know we only get a certain amount of time to to do that and and learning how to prioritize that for the most people is is an art and um we're, we're grateful that we have you to do it 
Well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> we rely on you. <laughs> I, I always say when people are like, they always think you do weather. If you do traffic, they're like, oh, you're the weatherman. But if they do get it right, I'm like, yeah, I love to tell people where to go. <laughs> <laughs> My family thinks I do the weather, too. That's funny. We have that in common. I know. Is that crazy? It's like, yeah, it's whatever. It's amazing. So I don't weird. correct people. Yeah. You get so much of it. You don't correct people anymore. Right. And then right. if they know you're on the radio, they're like, oh, yeah, I heard you on on the end the other day. Or, oh, I heard you in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, really cool. You know, <laughs> do we all sound you know alike? you're not what? on that station. <laughs> I know. Right. So it's like I just I just agree and smile. Oh, really? Cool. <laughs> I heard you, you on get- KNWX. Oh, wait, that station doesn't exist yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what I used to get in the nineties. What, what I used to get when I worked in Savannah, there were six radio stations, and people would say, "Oh, really? What station are you on?" And I'd tell them all six, and they'd right. go, "Oh, I don't listen to any of those." I don't. <laughs> Why did you ask me? What? <laughs> okay, this is this is what I get. When I say warm 106.9, Delilah has not been on our station for almost seven years. And still to this day, you're on warm. Do you know Delilah? And I just I just nod and go, yeah, she's awesome. (laughs) I I have a signed picture. I seriously just found of hers like last week. I I know which one. We had it. It's the one she's younger. She's got blonde hair. She's Uh kind of got a side profile, but Uh looking at the camera uh, (laughs) and a a big collar, (laughs) white collar, not not phone collar, but white collar. (laughs) Uh, You know that picture. Uh Uh, Big earrings, too. It must have been the 80s or 90s or something. God, I'm suddenly having a craving for a big cup of hot herbal tea. Mm. Anybody else? Ooh. <laughs> that was my, my thing with Delilah was always, oh, we're going to hear the latest from Mary J. Blige. But first, let's make a nice cup of tea and hear about, you know, <laughs> I love Delilah. So I don't know if you know this, but some of the, the tea after all that tea, right? Some of the Hallmark shows. If they're in the car, the station you can it's Delilah. Have you ever noticed that? Oh yeah, um Cedar Cove had, yeah. had Delilah on. Ex- exactly. Every time they yeah. were in the car, it was Delilah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she's a big fan. Debbie Maycumber, is that her uh, name? The, the well, author. They both live over there. Yeah, they both yeah. live over there. Yeah. So I guess they're friends and fans or whatever. But I did notice that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh God, it's Delilah. Sleepless in Seattle did a, a Delilah wannabe. Oh really? Yes, I don't know did. if you remember when Meg Ryan is in the car oh. listening to uh <laughs> What was her name? What was her name? It was um Delula? <laughs> Delula. Anna D. Um I can't think of it. It was important. Because remember the little boy called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. And and forced Tom Hanks, his dad, to go online yeah. to get counseling. Yes. <laughs> on the air. <laughs> oh, good movie. Such a good movie. I stop at it every time. And, and of course, too. because it was Seattle, whenever we go on the duck or past Lake Union, it's like, there's the house. There's the house on Lake Union. Dr. Right. Marsha Fieldstone. That's, That's it. it. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. <laughs> okay, Lori, did you oh, remember it? Good. Good job. Oh, you know, a lady never tells her age. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Martha Fieldstone. Uh, (laughs) I always wanted to be the radio counselor. Yeah. Yeah. There was someone here, Laura Brown. I don't know if you guys, if you remember her, but Dr. Laura Brown. And so when I became a coach, that's what I wanted to do is coach on the radio. But, you know, now we've got Zoom and... So. <laughs> so you could do it like on video. Yeah, I can do it anywhere. <laughs> nice. I remember when I uh, I was working for a big uh, radio syndicator company. I was like a little button pusher. I wasn't an exciting person, but I remember uh, getting in the elevator one day and Dr. Laura was in there. And uh, really, my first my first <gasps> thought was, damn, she's short. <laughs> she really? Like, she's like five foot nothing. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but, you know, on the radio people are just huge people to you are like the big big presence you know and especially in those days dr laura schlesinger was like a big big deal i'm dating myself with how long ago this was <laughs> and she's just this tiny little 
svelte little petite nothing with big hair. Wow. Very, very big hair. Mm. <laughs> Still? <laughs> well, then, then. Oh, then, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when big hair was cool. <laughs> <laughs> when big hair was cool, yes. <laughs> I remember Dr. Laura Schlesner, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Do you guys remember Dr. Ruth? She was the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. She went to my school once. I mean, like, <gasps> to, to present. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth. <laughs> yes. Yes. I learned a lot of things from Dr. Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Did you now? <laughs> We'd listen to Dr. Ruth at night and go, really? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you learned about the birds and the bees? From Dr. Pretty Ruth? much. That's when I decided I didn't want anything to do with the bees. I was just supposed to be birds. <laughs> no stingers for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, well, wow. ladies, I'm going to have to <laughs> end on that note. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have. And thank you, ladies, for having this conversation with me and thank you and for everyone thank you for being authentic Anna I, I know that you know yeah. we kind of put you on the spot but it really matters it really matters it does well, I'm glad to have allies and I'm thankful for you guys I'm thankful for the many allies in this world it's, it's mm -hmm. nice that that people are showing up so fellow AAPI we stand with you AAPI yeah. I'll try to remember And that. thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners, for spending this hour with us. Uh, don't forget to rate our podcast. How, Lori? With five stars. <laughs> and what should they do with our podcast, Claire? You should tell a friend. You should tell the grocery store clerk. You should tell the lady that knits the socks for the people at the charity. <laughs> and you should go to our Facebook page and give Claire some cat advice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and while you're there, like our Facebook page. Yes. It's easy. Just click like. Easy yeah, Dion Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what catnip is for. <laughs> well, see you around, everyone. This is Listen and Learn. Or, or not. not. <laughs> Wait, Sadie didn't bark. Oh, my gosh. Then it's not time to go. Yeah, we'll have to keep talking. <laughs> it's raining. It's raining. She can't be bothered to wake up right now. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys again. Uh, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I run for the bus, dear. While riding, I think of us, dear. I say a little prayer for you. At work, I just take time. And all through my coffee break time, I say a little.